He's sporting a very smart jacket this morning. And he's got long trousers on, so praise the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) It's a new day! (laughs) Love you, Glenn. Just just give me a minute. I've got all sorts of things going on. I moved house this week. Um, Yeah, another one. And uh, BT were a a blessing to me. (laughs) It taught me patience. Self-control. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know BT was a church. <laughs> it's just amazing. Anyway, we've got broadband of a sort now, which is good. And sometimes, when you ring me up, you might actually hear me voice. So, so we've made progress. Uh, I've got a lot to share today. God's been giving me a lot. Um, it's, it's quite serious, actually. I'm really feeling... Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about transition, and uh, oh yeah, it's going to be a great time these next few months. Well, these next few years, but these next few months are, are, are pivotal. pivotal. And I just want to touch on a little bit on what um, Jeff's just been talking about. This is nothing I've got ready or planning to do. But incidentally, most of what I'm going to talk about is love, prophecy from a point of view of love. But it's tough love, isn't it, sometimes? You know, you know we, we don't, we love our kids. You know, I've got seven of them, and I love them to bits, but sometimes I have to be tough on them. And that's the same thing as, as we love the world. The world, you know, we have the wisdom of Christ living within us, and they don't. So if we just <coughs> love on them, and everything's all right, then, then we're not loving them at all because we're not giving them what we've got. Very good. Which is wisdom. Mm-hmm. And also from a point of view of the, the culture we want to create with the, with the school. The, the last school I was involved in, the Harrogate um, School of Supernatural, we focused a lot on the culture of honour uh, and unity. And that's what I took with me then into Esther and my ministry, Star Dream. Um, Star Dream doesn't work if we're not in unity with each other and we're not honouring each other. And, and I think this is, a, this is a wonderful, beautiful church. I love being part of it. And I, I think that we all already operate in, in that gifting. But I think we operate, operate in it without knowing it. Um, you know, and I think we're going to, you know, that's one of the. I want to talk to Jeff about it. One of the things I want to focus on um, as we build character, a character that prophecy can, can rest on, is a culture of honour and unity. And within that is brave communication. Um, <laughs> I learnt it from uh, a guy called Danny Silk. I don't know if you know, know of Danny, but he's probably uh, one, of the, one of the best pastors I've ever heard, apart from Jeff. Um, <laughs> Uh, but boy, does he! You know, if 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 you if you're off if you're off course a little bit, does he put you back on? I remember one story with Chris Bolton, uh went to him and he, and he's complaining about something, and and uh, and Danny Silk just said to him, "You know, I think this is a bit of a waste of time." He said, "You need to read a book. I know a really good book you can read. It's called Supernatural Ways of Royalty by Chris Bolton. Now, please leave." <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, so. What we're going to try and do, I think, is get to a place where we understand brave communication. Another, another um, uh, description of that is um, what I call the Bethel Butty. 
those of you familiar with Bethel probably don't know it, but they have a butty, and it, it starts like this. Um, Jeff, you're looking really great today. Thanks. I think you're a fantastic guy. But you know last night when you shared about that love thing? It just wasn't right, was it? But I bet you'll look fantastic tomorrow. Yeah, I'd be a bit more, the meat in the sandwich tends to be a little bit, a bit, a bit more dirty than that, you know. <laughs> so that's, I think, um, part of the culture we're probably going to try and move to, to get to that place where, uh, where prophecy can rest, where the, the Holy Spirit can rest upon us. Um, and that gives me an opportunity to do some testimony, because... I've just said that, you know, what we do with Stardream is, is all about love. You know, so when we go, Eileen's been with us. Um, when we go into an event, we've been, in the last few months, we've been a couple of times to Blackburn University. And, you know, people sit down and, and they want a spiritual reading. That's what they've come for. But I just do whatever the Holy Spirit wants me to do for them. And he loves them. And sometimes that can be tough love. And the, the last event we went to... It's interesting, actually. <coughs> I, we got really busy. We had about four tables on the go. And um, Esther and I had been working together all morning, and it, 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 it can be quite tiring. So we went for lunch, and somebody else took the, what we call the lead table. So if you imagine we set up, there's, there's a lead table here where, the, where people come first, and then behind us a lot of couches with, with <coughs> starving operatives, whatever you want to call them, doing the stuff. When we came back from lunch, somebody else had taken over the lead table. And we went and started working on one of the couches. And God said to me, Glenn, you need to be on the lead table. And I'm like, okay. So I took a disgruntled team off the lead table and Esther and I sat down. And straight away, these two witches came. And I knew why, because they were not particularly nice witches. And I thought, they not particularly nice witches, but these were particularly nice witches. And so I knew that you know, the, the, the most of the rest of the team was fairly new. Uh, and, and definitely I'm not new when it comes to witches. I've experienced a lot of them. So that's why God was on the lead table. Um, so the first witch, you know, they, they, they do... Uh, I think Peter... Is, is it Peter? It is. Yeah, you, I think the other team that goes and does... Yeah, time to time. Yeah, yeah. It, it is, isn't it? <laughs> Witches tend to, to sit down and say, go on then, show us your stuff. So... Um, God said to me, motorbike accident, something I'm very familiar with. And, uh, <laughs> and so I said that to, to the, one of the witches, and she said, oh, yeah, that, that was um, my spirit guide died, because they've all got spirit guides, they think. It's actually all the same person, it's the devil, but they think they're, they're actually humans that used to live. My spirit guide died of, um, in a motorbike accident. And, and so I loved on her for a bit, and, and, uh, but she had a friend with her. And this is where, you might say it's tough love, but Holy Spirit showed me her aggression. So, so I turned to her and I said, oh, you don't mind me saying this, but I'm feeling aggression from you. And it gets quite funny at this point, because she just said, I've never been called aggressive in my life! <laughs> and she slammed her stuff down and she said, I am not come here to be told I've got aggression, I'm leaving! And she ran off, you know, at a great speed across this university. And her friend said to me, um, the other witch, yeah, uh, she's not really aggressive, I said, well, it must have been a prophetic word. <laughs> 
But that was, a, you know, because what I was doing, if you're, if you're in the spirit, you know, if we operate in the spirit, you know, and not in the flesh, then we will love like the Holy Spirit loves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes that will be amazing, but I don't know if you've had the same experience as me, and sometimes it's not very nice. Because it's corrective. And that's what true love looks like. It's wonderful when it's going well, when you're in tune and everything's working. But when you step out of line, it would not be loving to leave you out of line. Right. And that, that's what I was doing to that side. <laughs> we ended up doing 20 minutes on that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I've got a lot to get through. I'm sort of procrastinating on it a bit, really, because it's there looking at me. And I'm like, oh, do I go away? <laughs> Those of you who've seen me before know it would not be right unless we have a joke and a quote from a certain Mr. Johnson. But not, this is not the Mr. Johnson you were thinking I meant. In class one day, Mr. Johnson pulled Johnny over to his desk after a test and said, Johnny, I have a feeling that you have been cheating on your tests. Johnny was astounded and asked Mr. Johnson to prove it. Well, said Mr. Johnson... I was looking over your test, and the question was, who was our first president? And the little girl that sits next to you, Mary, put George Washington, and so did you. So, said Johnny, everyone knows that he was the first president. Well, just a minute, said Mr. Johnson. The next question was, who freed the slaves? Mary put Abraham Lincoln, and so did you. Well, I read the history book last night, and I remembered that, said Johnny. Wait, wait, said Mr. Johnson. The next question was, who was president during the Louisiana Purchase? Mary put, I don't know. And you put, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) I think you went to the same school as I did. Yeah, it says on there some more testimony. So we'll do, we'll do some more testimony just to, to feel the goodness of God in the room. Um, another one from me from uh, one of our Blackburn trips with Stardream uh, was really sweet. A uh, young girl sat down with me, and as soon as she sat down, God said, 31st of March. So I said, uh, does 31st of March mean anything to you? And she said, no, which happens quite a lot, actually. Uh, and at first it used to just throw me off. I'd be like, <laughs> where's the toilet? You know? uh, but now I've, I've come to learn that it usually comes back at some point. So we, we got into, she came for a spiritual reading, but we got into what God wanted to do, which was finding out what was going on in her life, what her problems were. She used to be a Christian, and she'd walked away from God because she blamed him because her best friend had died. And so I was able, or we were able to take her on a journey that explained um, it wasn't God's fault and God was good and we got to that point and she reconnected with God and we had a really good time and tears were flowing and, uh, and she got up to go and as she got up to go she said oh by the way she said, I, I, I do know what 31st of March is I said what's that then she said oh it's the day that my best friend died and that's the goodness of God isn't it because yeah. mm-hmm. what, what he, you know he, he showed her that everything that I'd been saying to her about the goodness of God you can't do that. You can't argue somebody into the kingdom in the flesh. Like you can hear God give a date of the 31st of March 
And then at the end of the, of the 20 minute session, after this girl's come back to Jesus, have God, the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, absolutely confirm it for her. She knows. You know, I could have got scriptures out and, and in the flesh gone up, you know, spent lots of time and argued and, de- and deliberated, but we just trusted that, that, that date of the 31st of March and delivered it. And that rocked that girl forever. And that's, that's one of the things, it, it says here, in a minute, let me get on to it, why, why are we here today? One of the, things, the reasons I'm here today is because I love the world, because I'm an evangelist. I don't know if anybody's noticed. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I want heaven on earth. And, and over this last however many years that I've been doing various things, God's taught me some things that mean I can go into situations like that and see God move. And so I'm here today to impart that so that we can, we can all get that. Um, but part of, 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 of prophecy is being ready for it. You know, it... it you can't give prophecy, prophecy, prophecy to somebody without character. Right. If you give prophecy to somebody w- without good godly character, it's like giving a Kalashnikov to a six-year-old. So we do need to build character, and that's part of what I see the school doing, <coughs> for the Holy Spirit to rest upon. You know, we need to be a peaceful place yeah. where the Holy Spirit can rest. It doesn't mean, you know, it's great. Yeah, we all need to be righteous. We, you know, we need to be all the... The good God things we need to be. But we don't need to wait till we get there. Because if we wait till we get there, we'll be waiting fully. We'll be waiting till we get to heaven. But we do have to get a foundation of it that the Holy Spirit can work on. I've gone totally off track now. But that, that's, that's why I'm here. But what I want to know is why are you here? You know, ask yourselves. You know, fantastic turnout by the way I was a little bit disappointed by it I have to say because I was hoping to deliver the same message tomorrow morning and say it's because most of you weren't here yesterday (laughs) 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 which means I've got to go home after lunch and start work (laughs) Um, yeah ask yourself you know why have you given up your Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon and, and Friday evening I'm guessing too um What, what's the purpose of it? Well, for me, the purpose of it is, is bringing the, the kingdom of heaven on earth. And that's what we're going to try and do a bit of today. Um, I had another testimony, not mine this time. Do you, um, many of you remember I went to Bulgaria earlier this year, and there were some great miracles. Um, and there's one just came through on uh, Facebook from the, the people that I go out with when I go to Bulgaria. A couple called Zjaro, would you believe, and Mariana. I don't know where Zjaro is now, but Mariana took um, a team in, into a place called um, the Faculty, uh, which is 70,000 gypsies in a, in a community in Sofia. Uh, it can be quite rough in, in places. I really liked it when I was there. Um, the refuse collectors won't go in because it's too rough and all that sort of stuff. Uh, anyway, but Mariana and Zorro don't give the monkeys, they just go in and they take poor unsuspecting people like me with them. And well, he did that recently with a, a team from Germany who uh, I think we're a kids' ministry and we're looking to go 
and just play with the kids, the gypsy kids, which is a lot of what goes on when you're over there, to be honest. Um, but God had a different idea. Because while they were there, a 16-year-old boy died. There's a lot of weird disease goes on there because of the state of affairs. Um, so this team stopped playing with the kids and they went and prayed for this dead boy for 15 minutes. He came back to life. But you see, there's nothing different about what happened there and about us in this room. Many of you know about my testimony of the of the crippled lady that was brought to me and uh, who'd never uh, had any feeling in her, in her legs for 30 years, feet to legs or anything below the waist, but God healed her and, and she, she walked and danced uh, while I was with her. It was through the same people. And I didn't ever imagine that I would be used by God for miracles like that. And I certainly didn't imagine that I would be used by God for miracles like raising the dead. But I do now. Because I saw that woman walk. And the same ministry that I was with has people that are raising the dead. And they're raising the dead in Europe. Bulgaria is in Europe. Mm -hmm. That's right. It's not Africa. It's not India. It's not Pakistan. It's a three-hour plane flight away. And we can do that. But we're going to start with prophecy. Because prophecy raises the dead. Turn with me to, um, I haven't even started yet, by the way, uh, to uh, Romans 8. I'm a bit out of breath this morning. I think it's the way to this jacket and wearing trousers. <laughs> there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus starting from verse 1 by the way for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh for sin he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live accordingly to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. I'll say that again. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those are who, who are in the flesh cannot please God. So, you know, if we're in the spirit, we're alive. If we're in the flesh, we're dead. And if you're in the spirit, you'll bring other people alive. If you're in the flesh, you'll just argue with them. You know, if there's a lot of evangelism going on at the moment, and I used to do a lot of evangelism like this, which is manipulative, where we we go out on a mission, and our mission is to ask a load of questions that will 
lead somebody to pray in the sinner's prayer. <laughs> Shock it helped me move <laughs> helped me move house. So uh, I actually got to see all that in action. <laughs> I can say that in front of him because we got a time together and I was able to teach him some stuff on, on that and he's really grateful and I think changed maybe the way he does his evangelism. He, he went out to the um, to get a takeaway and when he came back he'd led me son to the Lord. And he's like, Len, Jack, tell tell Dad what you just done. <coughs> and and uh, Jack's really, really shy. He's got some weird way around it, sort of thing. Yeah, I've said a prayer. And and, and Chuck, it was like waiting for me and Esther to go, Yeah, come on. And I gave him a hug and said, Oh, that's lovely, Jack. And then I said to Chuck, it's the third time he's done that. <laughs> <laughs> first time when I was young, I used to be that sort of evangelist. Uh, and oh no, that first time was at a Bible week, the second time was that. You know, sinners' prayers are great, I and mean, we want to see people pray and who don't know Jesus. But if our heart is to get somebody to say a prayer, for the wrong reason, or even if we get people, you know, I did it recently, I, you know, I'm still doing it, uh, not that long ago, I, I baptised a, a a woman, Esther's friend, in, in the bath at home, and the next minute she was doing Reiki. You know, I'm like, God, what, what happened there? He said, Well, you didn't listen to me. You know, I was in the flesh. You know, because I, you know, it can be. It was reasonably good, well motivated. I, I, I love this girl. It was in a terrible state. You know, she she just come out of a, a um, abusive Muslim marriage. She was she was a, a white English converted Muslim who had been battered and oh, sorts of terrible things, you know, and she was, she'd had the terrible, it was horrible, you know, and I, I just, I just didn't know what to do with it, so I baptised her, but it wasn't the right time, because I wasn't in the spirit. So the point I'm making is, you know, if we're going to evangelise, it's probably one of the most serious things you can do. Because people tend to think, oh, well, I'll get somebody to say the prayer, and then with, with a bit of luck and a fair wind, they might actually get saved. Um, yeah. <laughs> but actually if you're not in the spirit and you're in the flesh you can do more harm than good because you can take somebody to a place where they've said the prayer and absolutely nothing has happened you know, I, I, I look at a lot of you know sort of I was trained as an evangelist in the Terry Jones by Terry Jones's whatever it was movement and it was a lot. It was mostly about that sort of evangelism. Um, but that evangelism, that evangelism that I did then involved a lot of people saying the, the sinner's prayer and even getting baptised, and not one of them still saved. Well, it might be, but I, I, I don't know. If they are. But most of them walked away fairly quickly. They were on stony ground because because I wasn't operating in the spirit; I was operating in the flesh, and I'd got very good at manipulatively getting people to a point where they'll, where they'll say a prayer. The problem is now, those people have already said the prayer, think there's definitely no God because nothing happened. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, so as we move in, into a form of ministry, I don't, care, I don't want to call it evangelism or prophecy or administration, it's a ministry to get people to know the loving God. Wonderful. 
If we do that from a point of love, in the spirit which enables the prophetic, that's when you see people's lives changed yeah. forever. You know, for example, for exa- another way of looking at it, say for example, um, somebody comes into healing rooms and you say to them, oh, you come into healing rooms, what's wrong with you? And you pray for them, and they get healed, or they don't get healed. It's good stuff. But if they walk in, and you are used to operating in the prophetic spirit, and you say to them before they can sit down, wow, you know, how long have you had that slip disc? Mm-hmm. Then even if they don't get healed, you've got somebody who knows about God. And if you say it as a no, I know healing, healing rooms is a great ministry and it's full of love, so, so they'll receive love anyway. But, yeah. you know, <clears throat> as you say these things in love, it, it's not about... Let's get on to the actual message. I, I've called it shame busters. Like All right. Most of the work, one of the things that the, the gifting that God's just started to give me, don't worry too much because it tends to be more for people in the world than people in the church, but I can often feel what people are thinking. <laughs> my wife does. <laughs> yeah, mine does as well. Uh, well I looked at her the other day and she said, Not tonight, Josephine. <laughs> 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 it's a different sort of love, really. It wasn't really where I was going. <laughs> but I liked it anyway. Uh, but you can feel people are ashamed. And shame is from the devil, it's not from God. You know, people are ashamed. And the devil's lying to people and he's, he's telling them all the things that they're doing wrong. And you can see that. You don't need to be prophetic to know that. Because you'll all have done it as, you, as you've, you've made that brave move of admitting you're a Christian. A lot of the non-Christians that you've done that with will say something like, Oh, well, good on you, but I'll tell you what, if I came in your church, the, the alarm bells would go off. They'd be like, oh, get him out of here, he's a dreadful sinner. You know, um, oh, no, I, I, well done for being a Christian, but oh, God wouldn't let me in. You know, it's because it's based in shame. People are ashamed of themselves because the devil's been lying to them all their lives. Every little opportunity where something went wrong, mm-hmm. that's what it smashes them and he's done it and he's done it and he's done it and he's buried people into the ground with shame well you can bust that with a loving word Amen. what we do with Star Dream when, when, when people come to us whatever they come to us for if I've got a great word from, from God I'll, I'll deliver it but if not I'll just build them up I said you know you're fantastic you know and, and just go through anything that I already know about them, what God's showing me, or, or just general stuff, to tell them how wonderful they are. And you'd be amazed. People break down in tears like that, like that. Mm-hmm. Because no, people will say, nobody has ever spoken to me like this before. Right. Because the world is living in shame, and they're living in, in shame, and people are frightened of telling each other good things in case they don't get something back, because so that makes them feel more ashamed. Uh-huh. 
And, you know, that's all. Love can be that simple. Just meeting somebody who needs to hear a loving word. And from that, often you'll find you introduce them to the Father in heaven. And what you've done with that is you've become godly in your evangelism, forget evangelism, in your ministry. Because God loves them. He doesn't look at the shame. He doesn't see it. He loves the weird quirkiness of them. He loves, all of us in here, he loves everything about us. Some of the things we do, he, you know, he wishes we perhaps wouldn't, and he, he, you know, he guides us and directs us out of that. But ultimately, we're created in his image, and he loves us, and so is everybody out there. Yeah. And if you can add to that, because what, what I thought, you know, I talked earlier on about manipulative <coughs> evangelism or ministry. I don't think God's ever, was ever on that, but it was all we ever offered him. So when we start to offer him true ministry the way he does it, then that's when we'll see the lost finally start to come home. So if you start from a place of of love, what what we found, don't forget, you know, when, when I started Star Dream, not I, but when God started Star Dream for um, Esther and I and some, other, and some others just over five years ago, I'd never prophesied in my life. But I went into that witchcraft fair, the first thing we did, because I loved the lost. Mm. And so that's when I got the gift of prophecy. Amazing. You know, once, uh, Bob Johnson, is uh, Bill Johnson's brother, he makes me look like a midget. Um, he does, he's six foot eight, I think. Which is weird, because Bill Johnson is a, he's a, he's a midget. Not in God, but in stature. Um, <coughs> and he started a, a ministry in San Francisco and, and just a, a load of them got on a, on a bus and they all said, what, what are we doing? And, and, and Bob said, I don't know. God just told me to go to San Francisco. And from that, now they've got a church of 3,000 people. It's not about numbers, is it? But it's, it's, you know, it's affecting um, San Francisco in a mighty way. And, and his, his key message was, just go and God will equip you on the way. You know, and so what a lot of us have been doing is, is waiting for God to equip us before we'll go. So as we, the point I'm getting to, slowly, is as we go in love, then we go in alignment with heaven, because that's where all love, love comes from, and we go, so we set off, whatever we set off to do, in love, then God will give you the gifts that you need. And so if you go from just love to prophetic love, are you with me? Yeah. In the spirit? Then, the world can't argue with that. There's nothing to poke a hole at. There's nothing to say, you know, you're a judgment. I know Christians, you're all judgmental. Because if you're going in prophetic love, there's no judgment. Right. Because God will be the judge. <coughs> Not us. Anyway, that was the opening. <laughs> I got a quote from... Um, Randy Clark. Who knows Randy Clark? Yeah. If you have ever wondered why people are leaving the church and, and searching elsewhere for spiritual power, it's because they have encountered a false, powerless gospel. It's a strong word. Yeah. 
in this in this church you've got leadership who are not operating in a false powerless gospel they're operating in the spirit and that's why we're feeling what we're feeling we're feeling in a period of transition because god can blow on that he's still shaking us all about a bit you know knocking the old the old thing <coughs> off but, but this church through what jeff and others are doing and through this school is positioning itself for an explosion and you are the people god wants to use to dispel a false, powerless guest gospel. Amen. I'm going to look a little bit now at, at examples of the prophetic in the Bible. So get your Bibles ready and your fingers ready to turn really quickly. If you don't keep up with me, it doesn't matter. <coughs> um, I, I, I would propose to you that, that most of the mighty big things of God that, that happened in history or that is recorded in the Bible in his word, involved him speaking. The prophetic isn't just about foretelling or foretelling. You know, there's two different types. I don't know which they are. I was getting mixed up. But there's, there's, there's one where, where you get a word from God and you say, you're about to become an astronaut, and that's what happens. And there's another one where you, you don't get a word from God, and I do this a lot when I'm in Star Trek with Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit always turns up, but sometimes he's silent. So... <laughs> I wouldn't say I make it up, but I'll, say, I'll, I'll prophesy over them. I think what well, is the other one? One's foretelling, one's foretelling, and so and I've seen it happen, like with the, the gypsies in um, Bulgaria, where, where we got them singing that the bulldozers wouldn't come. That wasn't a word from God. Well, I don't know, maybe it was, but it, it felt like I was operating in the spirit. But that's what I felt to do, so maybe it was. <coughs> but we declared, you know, we decreed that. The bulldozers wouldn't come to these gypsies and bulldoze all the little shacks. And they didn't. They still haven't, as far as I know. So, moving in the spirit, yeah, it is, the word is prophetic, but words of knowledge, declaration, de decrees, it's all <clears throat> under the same banner of prophecy. So, we, he will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So if we're not in tune with the Holy Spirit, we're missing out on the whole Trinity. The Trinity has, has its own unified way of communicating. And he wants to do that with us. And so, you know, get this, you know, meditate on this scripture, get it inside you, make it the way you live. That I live connected to the Spirit. Because when I'm connected to the Spirit, I can hear the Father and the Son. You know, you'll have seen from what I'm doing today, there's a lot of Scripture, and I love the Bible. I love the Word. You know, I, I could eat it some days. I just love it. It's saved me. It's changed. Well, it's not, but it's been part of my salvation. But it's not the Father, Son, and the Holy Bible. It's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Bible in tune with that, and used with that. And and we, I know you know you, you guys are, are are on fire, followers of the Lord. And I know you will when you pick up your Bible. You will ask the Holy Spirit to guide you through it, and as you ask the Holy Spirit to to, to guide you and help you to read it, then the scripture that you've read a thousand times will come up with a new message. Yeah, Amen. So, why do we try and talk to non-Christians? 
about God in the flesh. Because we do, don't we? Why do we try and live life? You know, everything, everything we do should be from that position of what's the Holy Spirit doing. Luke 20, you don't need to turn to this. Luke 24 to 49. It's all right, it's only one verse. Um, oh, no, Luke 20, Luke chapter 24, verse 49. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in this city until you have been clothed with power from on high. We actually might under, now understand why, why the church has lost its connection with the Spirit. Because if we're talking about things being spiritual, could the church have stayed in the church or the city because it hasn't connected with the Spirit? I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. But I believe this was a really strong directional word from Jesus. But stay in the city until you've been clothed with the power from on high. Because without it, we'll just do damage. And we'll put ourselves at risk. You know, as, as we grasp this and start to operate in the Spirit from a place of hearing what He is saying, what Father is saying, what Jesus is saying through the Holy Spirit, then we'll go to the right places, we'll meet the right people, we'll say the right things. And we will start to see heaven come to earth. I'm nearly done because we're going to do some practical. That's another scripture that we, we need to make. It's a really short one. You know, meditate it. What did that mean for you? Why is he saying to you, stay in the city until you've got the Holy Spirit? That's a warning, isn't it, from Jesus. Don't go out without the Holy Spirit. I'm th- I mean, I think he's talking about mission, isn't he? You know, it doesn't mean you can't miss the shop, but... <coughs> Even I don't miss the shop in the Holy Spirit. Esther does without the Holy Spirit. Again, just on, on this theme, I'm not going to read this all out of Zechariah's song, but <coughs> even John the Baptist's ministry began through prophecy. Yeah. You know, John the Baptist, who, who, you know, Jesus was prophesied by the angel who came to Joseph and came to, you know, he was he was prophesied all over Isaiah, everywhere, wasn't he? You know, Jesus yeah. um, even prophesied his own death. You know, there's there's prophecy everywhere, but even the the the, the man, you know, that John the Baptist that was to make way for the Lord, his father, Zechariah, prophesied it. He said, He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. He said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all haters. To show da 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 And then he goes on to say, all the stuff about John, which you all know, but, but John was to create a path, etc. So that all of the, of the major things in the, in, in the Bible start with speaking with, with God's word. I'm going to skip some of it because I want to, maybe I can use it for tomorrow's message. <laughs> No, I want to leave time. I want to do some practical. Who's up for some practical in a, in a few minutes? Yeah. Okay. Um, another piece of scripture 
you know, we, we need to hear from God to build the church. <coughs> you know, the charge to Timothy. Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you. And that's another thing we should all be doing. You know, we should all be keeping records of the, of the words we've had over our lives and reading them. You know, because that word comes, but it may be a long time or it can be instant, but <coughs> before it comes to pass. But if you keep reading it, it's alive, isn't it? <coughs> I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, you might fight the battle well. See what I mean? You know, if you've had a, word, a prophetic word over your life, keep it somewhere it's easy to get to. And when the battles come, read that over yourself. That you might fight the battle well, because you're using more of the Holy Spirit. Because a prophecy, if it's true, has come from the Holy Spirit. So it's another Holy Spirit weapon to fight the devil. I am not in this situation, whatever it may be, because this is the word that's over my life. You all had them. Where are they? Get them out. Use them. We're going places. We're going to need every tool that's been given to us. Holding on to the faith and good conscience which some have re rejected and so have suffered shipwreck regard to the faith, with regard to the faith. So if you've got a prophecy over your life, it's your best interest to keep it over your life. And then you won't get shipwrecked in the faith. Nearly there. Hearing from God for the world. Proverbs 29.18. Don't need to turn to it. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. Isn't that the world right now? Look at the world. There's no restraint, is there? Anything goes. If you get a sweat on Jeff, when you wear a jacket. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> I knew there was something wrong with it. <coughs> we, we actually start... <laughs> We actually started with the end of my message because Jeff started with the love thing, and so I went on. You know, I followed on with the love thing, but this is what I've prepared, so I'll go through it. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, I've actually used notes properly today. I don't normally do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I think it's important, but it's also good to laugh. The most important revelation today, though, is love. All prophecy should come from a heart of love, as it is breathed. From he who is love. Oh, a little quote from Sean Boltz. If you don't know Sean Boltz, um, you need to. Uh, he's amazing. He, if he was here, he would probably be able to tell you your bank accounts. And he really does. You know, he can tell you people's addresses. And yeah, he's amazing. Uh, and, 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 and I would say to you, that's because he's a real lover. You know, he's a real lover. There's no agenda with Sean Boltz. He's not interested in. You know, he works in Hollywood up with all the big stars. Um, but he'll go into a meeting and, and just people he's, he's never seen, he doesn't know anything about them, he'll know where they live, he'll know what their names are, know when they got married, and sometimes he'll know that he will actually know the bank account details. And that's, that's somewhere I'm, I'm aiming for. Do you know why I'm not there yet? Because my character's not ready for it. I'm on the journey too. Right. We're all on that journey, and that's, you know, that's going to be one of the focuses, I know, of the school that starts in January to get that character to a place. If everybody in here reaches where Sean Boltz is, I'm not saying we will, and we all go out here now and start telling people their bank account numbers and you know, where they live, and they say, where did you get that from? 
you know, the, the people that I've, I've had some, not that, not that um, strong, but I've had some pretty amazing prophecy when I've been doing the, the, the Stardream stuff. It, it's, I was going to say it wasn't me then, but that's that, would, that's that old chestnut, isn't it? Oh, it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit, but it wasn't that good. Um, <laughs> um, and and it, it changes people's lives. So as we start to go, you know, we take those first little steps onto the, the, the stairs of, of prophecy. Those stairs of prophecy, here's a good word for you now, don't be nicking this. Those stairs of prophecy will lead us to heaven. And we'll take them with us. <laughs> you're right, you're right, not down. <laughs> this is Sean Boltz. There's a number of, uh, of all his books are fabulous. I've read, it was on, I've read three of one of them is about dating. I didn't feel the need to do that as I'm married with seven kids. <laughs> I'm hoping I don't need to do it anyway. Does anybody know where Esther is? <laughs> um, Keys to Heaven's Economy is one but the best one is the latest one which is I've just, I've just read while I was on holiday and I'm just about to read it again it's Translating God Sean Boltz you can get, get it on Amazon Sean Boltz Translating God amazing book he said this in, in, in part of it there's so many things you, you know I could have done the whole of this morning by just reading the book really probably you'd have all been in a much better place <laughs> our ability to manifest spiritual fruit in the prophetic depends on our union with the Holy Spirit not on gifts or skill level right. so that dispels one of the big myths that I think has held the church back oh I can't do it because I don't have that gift or skill right. level very good I almost feel like swearing. Well, I do feel like swearing, but I'm not going to. It's rubbish. Right. It's a lie from the devil. We don't need a gift or a skill level. We need character and a connection and a union with the Holy Spirit. That's all we need. Every single one of us has the same Holy Spirit living in, in, in us that raised Jesus from the dead. All we've got to do is start connecting with him, communing with him, and following what he tells us to do. And that in itself will build character. So none of this is an excuse to say, oh no, my character's not ready for, prof- for the prophetic gift. Yes, it is. You just will not be given the fullness of it until you get to your identity in Christ. But you'll start, and, and, and it actually creates it. As you start to walk in the prophetic, it creates your identity because you get better at hearing Jesus and you get better at hearing who he knows you are instead of who the devil thinks you are or wants you to think you are. Right. So we're not going to... Nobody should walk <laughs> out of here with, with, with believing that they can say, oh, I'm not really, I haven't got that skill level or gift or... Well, my character's not ready. Because Glenn's just been telling me, you know, you can't have prophecy until you've got character. You've all got character. We've all got character. It just needs working on. And as we work on it, you know, since, since the first time I walked in here, I saw character all over the place. 
Right. There's the, the stuff in the ground, the stuff that Jeff's done over the last three years, that, that Fraser's done, that, that you've all done, that has created a character for the church. Right. And as you yeah. fellowship in the, this church, your character is already developing, but we're going to develop it some more. And then, as you connect with the Holy Spirit, it's like walking in the prophetic. It'll just fly. Amen. I haven't finished it. Real gifting that builds kingdoms, this is Sean Bolt still, comes through deep love. Are you getting the theme of today, what God's trying to say to us? It's about love. You need to love the person you're prophesying over. Just feel it. Just feel the Holy Spirit's love for them. Don't look at the Muslim and go, oh, no, he's probably going to join ISIS. Look at, look at him and love him. Yeah. I had the opportunity to do that. It's shocking it when we went to the TIF on Monday when we were moving. Of course, we, there was a Muslim worker at the TIF, and that's like it's just a that's like that's gold for shocking. <laughs> so, so I I felt love for the poor Muslim, and I rescued him from shocking. <laughs> Oh, it was, it was. But I did pray, interestingly, I did pray for the Muslim while, while, while I was rescuing him. <laughs> <laughs> I was not physically dragging off him. Um, but I prayed in tongues. And he, he, he was up to shocked at me. And he said, Is that Hebrew? What's the language you use? Is it Hebrew? I said, Well, yeah, sort of. It's a heavenly language. <laughs> so. Shocky was trying to connect with him in the flesh, get him to say the sinner's prayer for another, another notch on the belt. <laughs> Look, Jeff, somebody else said the sinner's prayer yesterday. <laughs> they're saved. No, they're not. You just manipulated them. <laughs> it's all right. Shocky's all right with that. We've, we've, we've spent a day together, and he's, he says he's a changed man. Isn't he? There's another funny part with, with Shocky. Um, he said, will you pray for me? We're, we're, we're loading my garage up. It's the middle of moving. Yeah, I'll pray for you. So I lay hands on him and start praying. He starts to fall over. And, and I've got this muscle man. And I'm, you know, one leg short and the other over here. And I'm, <laughs> I'm shouting, live, live. <laughs> so we lay him on the floor. And then he starts shaking and laughing. And I'm like, I should have waited till we finished moving. <laughs> And eventually he gets up and I walk towards him and he starts running away. He goes, don't touch me! Don't touch me! <laughs> uh, you probably needed to be there, but it's funny. Uh, there will be distinction in the days ahead between inspired gifts. Gifts that come from abiding or resting in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Listen to this, because it's a little bit complicated. There will be distinction in the days ahead between inspired gifts Gifts that come from abiding or resting in intimacy with the Holy Spirit and gifts that operate just by the grace of how we were designed. So in other words, as you step out, as you step out to do things, whether it's me doing Star Dream, um, whether we're doing mission on the street, healing rooms or whatever, we step out in that and God puts grace on that because we are doing that act of worship, we're stepping out. So there's a grace for that. And that's what we've seen. You know, we're, we're, we're all, we all know of, and, and some of us are walking in miracles. Sometimes we're walking in by the grace of God instead of by the connection to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And when we change that, and that's, I think, what, we, which, what I want to do 
And I know it's, it's, it's Jeff's activity is, is we change that to a more spiritual environment through the school, then we will be doing the first bit. There will be distinction in the days ahead between inspired gifts, gifts that come from abiding or resting in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And as we do that, we don't need God's grace anymore. Yeah. Holy Spirit doesn't need God's grace. You don't need to turn to these. Nearly done. I have to sit down, this jacket's getting on. <laughs> if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, 1 Corinthians 13, 92, I'm only a resounding gong or a twanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not love, do not have love, I'm nothing. Yeah. So all this talk we've had about prophecy is a complete waste of time unless you're doing it for love. Because we have nothing. We've got to become a bunch of wild lovers. Yeah. You see that, did you? Yeah. Preacher says to <laughs> church. People even should all become wild heterosexual lovers. Or something like that. 1 Corinthians 13.8 Love never fails. So again, it doesn't fail. And so if you add it via the Holy Spirit to a prophetic word, then you've got power. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. I would say it's a better part if it's prophesied from love. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now, we see only a reflection. As in a mirror. Then 